Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode number 38. Welcome to Positive Productivity Podcast, where we empower our audience to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success, especially in the face of adversity. Listen in as our guests reveal their stories of challenges and hurdles and how they overcame defeat and became triumphant in their endeavors. Let's get motivated and move forward with your host, Kim Sutton. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. Today, I am thrilled to have Marlo Ellis, Freedom Coach for Women and Public Speaker. And Marlo is the founder of the Feminine Badass Society and a master of feminine badassery. Welcome, Marlo. Thank you so much, Kim. It's awesome to be here. Oh, it's awesome to have you. And I have to admit, I'm a little bit excited that I can put the E next to this episode on iTunes because that doesn't happen very awesome or very often. <laughs> That's awesome. Good. Well, can you share uh, exactly what feminine badassery is with the audience? Absolutely. It's so funny. I get so many people saying, I need more feminine badass in my life. And they say, what is that? So really what feminine badassery is, is a combination of, you know, our feminine side, right? You know, our divine, our divine feminine side, which, you know, encompasses love and light and, um, compassion and nurturing and all of those things that women are really incredible at some of the gifts that we are given as women, but then also combining that with being a badass, which is really kind of blasting forth, you know, into what you want, living the life of your dreams, saying yes, when you mean yes and no, when you mean no, and really just owning it like, you know, like a badass woman. And I often, when I, when I try to describe what a feminine badass is to somebody else, say, you know, She's, she's soft with the side of sassy, you know, so it's, it's that really successful woman, whatever successful might mean to every person individually, that is everything that encompasses what they see a woman as, right? And oh, so for- I love that soft with a side of sassy. Is that what you just said? Yeah. Oh, that's fabulous. And I think this is a trend in my week or in, yeah, trend of my week this week. Yes. When you mean yes and no, when you mean no. Yeah, I, I know a, I'm not alone with having that problem. Oh, gosh, no. And so, you know, so many women, um, especially women as they're moving into, you know, a role of being an entrepreneur or just being a little bit more independent. That's really something that you have to get good at. You have to become a master of that if you want to live the life that you intend to live. If you want to live, live the life that somebody else intends you to live, then of course, we say yes when we mean no and no when we mean yes and all of that. So that's a really big piece of the puzzle. Yeah. I was having a call with my own coach yesterday morning, and um, I hate to admit this, but I realize that I'm sometimes more of a beck and call girl. You know, I try to, I'm right. over eager to please. And so I'm constantly saying yes. And when they want to know when something can be done, I'm like, oh, today or tomorrow and not really thinking about it. So I wind up with a whole bunch on my, or on my today plate. Right. And then I get stressed. Right. Exactly. Well, it's it's a very common problem. And I think that a part of the problem is that people just don't know how to say no properly. And so what I do is I really share with women healthy ways that they can say no in a loving way. So, for example, if somebody asks you to do something that you really don't have time to do, you can say, you know what, that is something that I would be I would love to do. I'd love to help you with that. But, you know, what? my plate is full 
And I really want to deliver my best in everything that I do. So I'm going to have to say no, but I want to invite you the next time that this opportunity arises to let me know, because I would love to help you in the future when I'm not so busy or can I, is it okay with you if I contact with contact you when I have some open time so that I can step in and help you because that's what I do. That's the kind of person that I am, or, you know, that's the work that I do. I serve other people. And when you, when you give somebody an answer like that, it's not a no, it's a yes, but it's a yes when it works for you. But then it might also be that you just don't want to do it, which has been probably the biggest struggle. And then what I would say is, you know what, that's just not something that calls me. I really I'm really trying to focus my time in on the things that that are really pulling and calling me. And I don't get that from this project, but I would love to help you with something else in the future. Uh, you know, if if I'm somebody that you'd like to work with, because I really love the work that you do or, you know, you're really somebody that I I want to keep in my circle. But I'm really being careful what I do with my time. It has to align with the work that I'm doing. So you're not saying no. You're just saying no to that particular thing. And that it's not in alignment with who you are. And people can't argue with that. They can't say, what do you mean it's not in alignment with who you are? Yeah, it is. Right. So when you take it out of the when you take it out of the um, the engaging conversation, well, I'm not sure then they're going to pull you in. But if you just say, you know what, I'm completely I'm completely not in alignment with that. Like, it's just not where I'm putting my time right now. So I can't say yes to this, but I would love to help you in the future. That is so huge, Marlo. How um, for. For those listeners who are maybe just starting out and are trying to build their business and haven't really developed, you know, their their niche yet, um, I know from personal experience that there can be a conflict because they're wanting to bring in clients and money to build a rapport and their reputation and get more clients, but they don't necessarily know their niche. So they're having trouble being passionate and finding their purpose. Do you have any recommendations on how they can find that? So they know when to say yes, and know when to say no. Yeah. I think it's very important to spend some time before anybody starts any business. I think you need to sit down and figure out who you're serving. Right. And you know, you can't just jump into a business and say, okay, I'm going to start coaching and I'm going to coach everybody and I'm going to coach everybody all the time. And I'm going to coach everybody about everything. You know, if you're wanting to look to be, you know, a business coach or a life coach or somebody to help guide other people, you really need to sit down and take some time and map that out. Who are you serving? You know, what problems are you are you solving for them? What's keeping them up at night? What are the things that they need from you? How can you solve their problem? And then what that does is that really narrows down your scope of expertise. And if we're talking about people asking you for assistance in the work, you know, in, in workplace, you can say, well, you know, um, I don't know, stuffing envelopes isn't in alignment with, you know, the work that I'm doing, which is really helping women find their, you know, find their passion and their purpose and step into their independence as a business owner. Those two things aren't aligned, right? But if somebody wants you to do a podcast like this, for example, where you're actually sharing your message with other women, then absolutely that's in alignment with what you're doing. Does that make sense? Oh, that absolutely makes sense. And now you've got me curious about you, how you found this to be your passion. The, the, the work that I'm doing? Yeah, exactly. Like, what, what was your journey that got you here? Well, I was in, uh, I've been in, I've been an entrepreneur for many, many years. I was a teacher for 10 years. So I've always loved teaching and coaching, um, in that, in that aspect. Uh, but then I got into the fitness business. It's kind of a long story, but I retired from teaching and I went into full-time fitness and I had a situation go south in, in my personal relationships and in my business where I was sharing a business with a partner who was also my partner in life. 
and we, we parted ways and things got really ugly. And I had to literally step into my own power and decide whether I was going to be a victim or I was going to be victorious. And so I chose the victorious route and I opened my own gym in six weeks. But in order for me to open a gym in six weeks with no financial backing and with really no history of ever opening a brick and mortar, uh, I had to step into my personal power. And that's kind of where the whole feminine badassery piece came from. And uh, what happened then, that would have been 2012, over the last four years, was I was coaching women, you know, transforming bodies and helping women get healthy and to feel more grounded and to feel better in the skin they're in. But in that time, what I was really discovering was that part of the reason why people put on the extra weight and why they get sedentary and why they stop doing the things that they love is really more about what's going on internally. And I started realizing that there was a massive demand for a safe place for women to share their stories and to, to find support. And so May of last year, I closed my gym after three years and I created my freedom coaching business. And I work specifically with women and I work specifically with women who want more, who need to move from the darkness into the light. You know, women who understand that they have gifts that they need to share, but they, for some reason, not share them out yet, whether it's through fear of rejection or they've never had the support that they needed, uh, or maybe they didn't see it before, but now they've had kind of a change in their life situation and they need that support and they need clarity. And so then I help them step into that role and either just help them on a personal side, or I can also help them actually take the first steps in launching their business and creating, you know, creating their vision. And so what I did was I've just duplicated what I did for myself, really. And it's so it's easy. And it's very, and you can hear when I talk, I'm very clear about who I help and what it is that I give them what I what I can bring to the table. Right? Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I wish I had known you in like 2010. I mean, I know it was before you started this portion of your business, but yeah. going from victim to victorious. That's fabulous. Yeah, it was, it was great. It took a lot. It takes lots of work though. Right. And I'm sure you know that as well. Oh, absolutely. Time and energy and lots of shifting and changing directions. It hasn't been a straight road for me by any means, but it's been very rewarding. And I feel very confident that I can help women do those things because I did them for myself. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So what do you see being the biggest struggles that your clients come in with? confidence right I, I can totally see that yeah confidence would be the biggest issue and it's 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 running rampant it's like an, a massive problem with um with women and unfortunately we are born confident we're born strong we're born resilient we're born capable we're born powerful we're born empowered but in time as you and i both know lives you know are impacted by environments and surroundings and opinions of other people and slowly, especially women as little girls, their confidence is bit by bit kind of yanked out from under them. Right. And so there are women out there who are brought up in families that really instill confidence in them and tell them that they can do anything. But that's not the norm. And the reason I can say that is because the women that I work with, the majority of them have stories where somebody yanked their confidence out from under them at a very young age and said, you can't do this or you're not smart enough or you're not as smart as the person next door or, you know, are you sure you can do that because in the past you failed, so why would you try again? That kind of stuff, right? And so the women, by the time they're in their 30s and 40s, 
you know, and they've maybe gotten married and they've had a few kids and they're not feeling great about themselves physically and they don't see the same person in the mirror, take that and multiply that lack of confidence by 10. Um, so really the first piece is building back that confidence. And usually what I do is I challenge them to do things that they think they can't do. And what happens through that is that they, they see that they are actually capable. So there's a bit of a process, yeah, that they go through with me. So I'm very fortunate. I grew up with parents who told my sisters and I that we could be anything that we wanted to be. They would just prefer that it was doing something legal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right. I mean, they told us if if you want to be garbage women, go ahead. If it's what you're passionate about, do it. I mean, I, I remember where I was sitting when I heard that. And it wasn't actually until later in life um, that, that that confidence was taken and it did take some work. And it actually, it was my introduction to the law of attraction that brought it all back around for full circle. Mm-hmm. And that was huge. Right. Yeah. And, and I know that you eat, sleep and breathe positivity and believe strongly in the law of attraction. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I, I do truly believe that, you know, what, what you put out and what you intend is what you get. And so that's been, you know, I, I grew up in a very similar, very similar childhood. You know, it sounds like where I had incredible parents who supported and supported me and we had a very loving home and there was a lot of positive language in my home. But, you know, like you said, as life happens, things change. And I really had to create for myself my own positive environment. And I had to draw things back into my life that were positive. Part of that was really sitting in what was not positive. So those four years that four or five years, I guess, that kind of were my massive shifting years through the gym experience and, and through the relationship prior to that, I really allowed myself to sit in the darkness because I needed to know what I didn't want in my life. And it was very clear to me that I didn't want certain things. And so then what I did was I took action and I extracted the things that weren't serving me anymore. As painful as it was, I knew that I would survive. And I started drawing in people that were positive and experiences that were positive. I, I almost changed my entire social circle. I changed what I read. I changed what I did with my time. I really stepped into what I knew was positive action. You know, like it's not rocket science, right? Like all you have to do is watch people who have what you want or are doing what you want to do and watch them closely and watch what their habits are and watch where they put their time. And it was really easy for me to see that they were people who were really um, diving into social development. They were having conversations. They were going to conferences. They were reading. They, you know, they were living a different kind of a life. So I just started duplicating that in my own life. And I instantly, it was instant, drew in a massive circle of people who are incredible. And to this day, they're very close. And I've continued to do that. And my circle just keeps getting larger and larger of all the right people. So it truly is about where you want to put your energy and then what your goal is to get out of it. You know, I my- love that. Yeah. And I know we met through a number of different Facebook groups, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious on how you treat social media because I know for me, like I generally don't go onto my main feed page, the one that I see all my friends uh, statuses. I don't go on there very often because to be totally honest, there's some feeds that tend to be a little bit negative or uh, people who post a little bit more negatively. And I love the people. And I guess I could unfollow them if I really wanted to and not unfriend them. But generally, I don't want to see what's happening in the news because I'll hear about it if it's important. Right. 
and I, I just like to go to the groups where I see the most positivity and get motivation and inspiration. So how do you handle social media so that you can stay in the mindset that you really want to be in? Well, I actually use social media as my platform. It's, it's probably the number one platform for me right now. And to get my message out there, Facebook has been a big, big piece of it. And I actually am very present on all of my Facebook uh, profiles. So my personal profile, I'm very present on. And I'm present because I want to have a positive impact on the people around me. And there have been so many people, countless people have come up to me randomly in coffee shops or when I've been out at a restaurant or when I've been shopping or at a grocery store and they'll stop me and they'll say, Marlo, sometimes I know them, right? But I haven't really had a relationship with them or sometimes I don't. And they'll say, you're one of my favorite Facebook feeds to follow every morning I get up and I'm excited to see what you're going to say. And it's always, and so actually I use that personal profile as kind of like a love bubble. And, you know, here's a, here's a dose of feminine badassery for you. And I'm very clear about who I am in my personal profile, uh, because I am quite feminist, I would say, because anybody who's a woman who is interested in women's rights is a feminist. And so I've been very clear about my movement to create a better life for women. And so the people that are on my Facebook page are people who appreciate my message, men and women. Um, I'm certainly, you know, not a man. I love men and, and I have incredible men in my life, but my, my particular work is focused in on women. And so I make that very clear, but really my, my Facebook profile is who I am and it's my brand. So it's been easy for me because if you look at my personal profile and my public profile or the feminine badass society, you're going to see the same Marlo showing up everywhere and it's very consistent and it's, it's, it's who I am. It makes my work easy. I would have a hard time differentiating myself between who I am in my feminine badass society and who I am Marlo's public figure and Marlo Ellis personal page. And, you know, so, and the people like I'm um, referring to what you mentioned about the negative feeds, I either unfollow or unfriend people. And I don't have any problem doing that. And there was a, a time where I was very, I don't know, uh, troubled about who I was going to extract from my life because of the energy that they brought in. And then part of standing in my feminine badassery was just saying, you know, nope, you know, nope. yeah, you're invited in, you know, nope. I, you know, and I have no, I have no bones about it. And if somebody says to me, Oh, I know she unfriended me on Facebook. I'll just say to them, well, you know what? Quite honestly, we don't, we don't have it really. I don't feel like you need to have access to my personal, my personal page. You're more than welcome to be on my public page, but we don't really have a relationship. And, and they don't argue with that. Again, it's saying no when you may know and yes when you mean yes. It's about genuine authenticity, right? And really saying what you feel. And I have had a lot of people criticize my work, especially when I was transitioning from a fitness professional into my freedom coaching. Not so much now. I, I really don't get that. But when I was doing the transition, a lot of people who were connected to my gym were very critical of me. And basically what I did was one day I put up a post and I just said, this is the, this is the path that I'm taking. This is who I am. The gym has played a massive part in this journey, but it wasn't the end. And either you choose to stay or you choose to go. But if there's any kind of negativity on my page, I'll be removing you because it's not in alignment with my values. And people don't mess with you. Like, honestly, they don't. If you put it out there who you are and you're very clear about your value system, people will not challenge it. And if they do, I don't challenge them back. I just say, well, as uh, there's this great qu quote by Lady Gaga. She says, 
It was something like, clearly that's your opinion of me and I'm not going to bother wasting my time trying to change it. Amen, sister. Like, you can have your opinions, but I'm not going to waste my time trying to change your opinion of who I am. It doesn't really matter to me. So, Right. I love that. And I had to tell or I had to share that I celebrated my first hater on a Facebook ad because, well, for I mean, they noticed me um, and I wasn't really I didn't mind their comment. I didn't respond to it. But, you know, you know, you're doing something right when somebody's I mean, people are going to compliment you. Hopefully you always get more appreciation for your work than you do disdain. But somebody, and I can't remember who said, you know, celebrate your haters because most likely they're jealous of the success that you're achieving. But how do you handle haters? Do you block them? Do you you comment at all? I haven't had any, to be honest with you. Oh, that's fabulous. I haven't had any. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't have haters, but they haven't come onto my Facebook page and blasted me out or said anything negative or, you know, but it's also perspective, right? Like maybe I've seen somebody's opinion of me and it didn't, it didn't trigger me as them to consider them a hater. Maybe it just triggered me as somebody who, who either had a different opinion than I did or somebody who actually needed help. You know, like I just haven't, I honestly haven't had a situation where somebody has gone in and been so, um, you know, where I, I consider them a hater. I've certainly had people come in and disagree with me, but that's not a hater. That's somebody who's voicing their own opinion and standing in their own power. And I always respect that. But if the conversation was to get uglier to go south, I just think that they got issues, you know, like I don't even consider that a hater. So um, I think I, I don't really know what a hater is. Maybe I did have haters and I just didn't know it, but um, so I haven't really had to deal with that, Kim, to be quite honest with you. But again, I'm very clear about who I am in my Facebook page. And I take people on face first and I get up in their grill if if they're challenging the work that I do, you know, or 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 whatever. So I guess I just don't feel like I've had to do that, I guess, is my point. That's so great. Like, I, I remember seeing an ad for 90 Day Year, Todd Herman's program. And he was getting responses from people who said, you know, it's really easy to make millions of dollars a year when you've been raised with a silver spoon in your mouth, which is totally not the case for Todd Herman. And I mean, and the same can be said for Brendan Burchard. Neither of them was raised with a silver spoon in their mouth. So anybody who says otherwise, you know, these men built success for themselves. But I mean, they've got those people who will comment in the feeds about and they're totally uneducated. So maybe that's another thing, too, when people are not educated about what you're really doing and make assumptions. And maybe that was just my case. I don't even remember what the comment was on my side. I, and I think you're right. I think that those are people who probably don't know anything about Todd Herman's work. I've done Todd Herman's 90 day year and I did, I was in his beta group and it was an incredible program, but I'm guessing that the person who made that comment didn't even know what the 90 day year consisted of and the amount of work that he puts into it. So like you said, I think it's more about just not having all the facts and so I don't get all worked up. You know, I just kind of go, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, I, I really don't have time. Uh, but I guess what it comes down to is I don't have time in my life or in my world or in my day to even address those people. Because the people that matter, the people that matter to me and the people that matter in my work are too busy trying to make their lives, you know, incredible. A place, yeah. Yeah. And so they just, they don't think in that, in that realm. So I really don't give those people much oxygen. So speaking about your day, are there any rituals that you have every single day to help you live a more positive and productive life? Yeah, I have. My mornings are very much a ritual. 
uh, ritualized. I don't know if that's a word, but ritualistic. I don't know. Um, I get up every morning and I meditate and I don't do a big long meditation. I'd probably do about a 10 minute meditation in the morning. I do that before I do anything else because it's kind of my quiet time and I can either do it lying in my bed or I can do it sitting up looking out at the lake or whatever. I always have a great breakfast and a coffee and I give myself some downtime in my morning. So usually for the first hour and a half of my day, it's all about me. It's all about checking in on my social media, having a conversation with my partner, you know, taking my dogs for a walk. That's a really big piece of who I am. And it's one of the reasons why I could never do like a nine to five job because I really do enjoy my freedom, um, you know, my freedom to spend more time at home, to be very grounded in my work and the place that I feel the most comfortable doing it. I read a lot. I connect with people every day. I have to have at least one conversation with somebody a day, like whether it's, you know, somebody that's a client or somebody who's interested in my work or just a really close friend. I really am uh, in love with connection and with staying connection, connected to humans. Right. And so connection is a really big piece of my day. There was a while there where I was doing a lot of work behind my computer, kind of building some programs and stuff. And I would say it was the most difficult time over the last year in my career where I really struggled. And when I did a quick analysis of it, it was really easy for me to see that it was only because I was kind of isolating myself. So I quickly moved away from that. And I don't do that anymore. I, I've actually decided to do a lot less work through programming online stuff and to really get out there and do the networking and connecting and the live stuff. So. You know, I I have been through that same experience in the past year. I mean, I I buckled down. Is that the word I'm looking for? Buckled down and was really focused on producing an, a course I was about to launch. And I completely removed myself from all social media um, and and uh, all the groups that I had built connections in was really building relationships in. And that was probably the hardest part or the hardest time for me in the past year too. Just and and I know you are in the country, uh, living in the country, working in the country, and and I'm in the suburbs. Not you know I don't have a a big entrepreneur community right around here. And it's when you lose that interaction with other people, you can feel really isolated and alone, and just yeah, it can be tough. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, you have to just figure out what works for you. Right. And I, I think it's always shifting and changing, but this is because this year has been a year of growth for me and my business as I've kind of stepped into the freedom coaching part of my career. Uh, I've had to be very critical of the time that I spend behind the computer and the time that I spend out. And when do I have the greatest results? You know, when am I getting the, the results I want, you know, and then just taking note of that. So Marlo, have you heard of The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod? I have, yes, but I haven't done anything with it. I okay. Have never- well, today was actually my day one. So oh. I got up and I, and I did my reading and I did my, my meditation and my uh, affirmations and visualization. Hey, it's positive productivity, not perfection, right? Exactly. Um, and I have a question about meditation for you, because as I was sitting here trying to meditate, it was so hard. I mean, I I have what I call chronic idea disorder, where I constantly have ideas coming in and my brain is rarely quiet. So do you run into that at all? Like when you're meditating, having a, a quiet mind? Absolutely. Absolutely. I do. And I have probably the same idea, which is our, sorry, the same idea. That's funny. Um, I have the same problem, which is why I need meditation. And 
you know, I, I've listened to a lot of people talk about meditation and about the practice, and they're not saying that, you know, you have failed at meditation if your mind isn't completely quiet. The whole point is the practice of, of attempting to be quiet and the practice of taking time and space. And it's really about breathing and about just being present in the moment and grounding yourself. And so if you need to sweep those thoughts away every five seconds or every 10 seconds to get back into that mode of, you know, just quiet, that's okay. I mean, I've had, I'm getting better at meditating because I've been practicing it for a while, but I'm still, I still have days where I really struggle and I've, I feel like I'm counting down the minutes until it's over because I have things to do. And that's very, that's very common. And so I think it's important for people to understand that just taking the time to meditate is a win. Just sitting down for that time and having your phone off and not talking to anybody, not not engaging with anything but your own body is a win. Because how often do we do that in a day where we just sit? Like, oh, I, I never, I, I, I can't say in the past 30 something years that I've ever done it before today. Exactly. So you get better, you actually you get better at it because you start getting more comfortable with that time and you actually start looking forward to it. And then when you do that, then you can have a little bit more control over your thoughts, right? I use a broom whenever I have thoughts that come into my head. I just sweep them away with a big push broom. It's like a little guy, like the little Mario from the video games. He comes in and he pushes them out. And they, I literally have to physically sweep them away with, I don't know if that makes any sense, but. I love that. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to borrow that from you. Yeah, for sure. And when I sweep them away, they're clouds. So it's like this little Mario with a big push broom sweeping clouds away. That's exactly what it looks like when my when I'm pushing my busy my busy thoughts out. And I was taught that by somebody else, right? So I don't even remember where I got that. It might have been um Deepak Chopra's meditation series online with Oprah. They have that's when I first started doing meditation. I just downloaded it and bought it for like 9.99 or something and he talked about that kind of stuff, about how to meditate and how to clear your mind. And I've just used that same, I've used that same tool all along. And it works because it's intentional clearing of your mind, right? I just sweep those thoughts out. They come back, I sweep them out again. Some days that guy's really busy and other days, you know what? I don't have to do it at all. That is so fabulous. And that's, I mean, I have my headphones on right, right now, but I'm going to have to share that with my husband because uh, he's a video game developer. So he's going to love what your, oh, what so your little sweeper looks like. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I remember in, in, I, it was 2008. I read Eat, Pray, Love. Is that, Am I saying it in the right order by Elizabeth Gilbert? Yeah, amazing book. Yeah. Amaz oh, totally amazing. Yeah, and I remember, and I don't remember where she was. I mean, as I said, it was like eight years ago. But I remember just being in awe when she, well, first she said she had to be completely quiet and no talking. Was that in India? And then she finally achieved that complete stillness and quietness. And it's just blown my mind ever, ever since because I felt like I was actually doing it wrong you know, that I couldn't get that stillness. So I'm glad to hear I'm not alone and I'm definitely going to be using the sweeper in the future. Awesome. I love it. Yeah, no, it totally, it's totally helped me. And like I said, I, I do believe meditation gets, it gets, well, I do believe for sure that it gets easier over time, but you're also going to find that it becomes something that you really crave in your day. And when you don't do it, you notice that you haven't done it because you didn't have that quiet time in your morning that really kind of sets your morning on a particular path. Like I can't imagine getting out. Of, I don't have kids, but I can think of women, you know, who 
jump out of bed at 7.15 and the kids are jumping on their bed and they're like, mom, breakfast. And the whole, the day start, that's the start of their day. And oh, I know you're talking to one of them. Right. Exactly. But imagine if you got up 30 minutes earlier before the kids woke up and had complete silent time. And then when the kids came in, you were patient, you were grounded, you were awake, you'd already had your morning coffee, probably a lot more, um, you know, just a lot more, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I guess patient, which I already said would be the word where you just are like, hi, good morning. And, you know, there's just a different energy around you because that's not how you woke up. You weren't ripped out of bed and and had kids somersaulting across the bed or whatever, or puking or whatever kids do, right? <laughs> yeah, actually that, so I did wake up early this morning and you're totally right. Like I was, and I'm sort of tattletaling on my husband now, but that is how I woke up. And so when the kids woke up, I was able to handle it. But my husband did wake up to the kids screaming and crying and wanting breakfast and this and that and a completely different mindset or and frame of mind for both of us. So and so it's that's you know that's a really big piece and man I I can't imagine what parents deal with so I think that you know a really quiet time in the morning and then again the nighttime the the pre bed ritual is really powerful as well and doing that before you go to bed so yeah, that so you're not what not, is your pre bed rit ritual uh, I don't you know I don't meditate before I go to bed but I have a bath every single night before I go to bed and it's my it's my quiet time before I go to bed. It's been a it's been a like a ritual since I was a little girl because we didn't have a shower in our house. We had a bathtub. So I had a bath every night. And it's just been something that I have, you know, kind of pulled through into my adult life. And I have a bath every night and I turn the lights off and I burn a candle. And it's not usually very long. It's usually maybe 15 minutes. But it's my and then I go right from there to bed and everything just kind of washes away. I don't bring my phone in there. You know, I don't do all of those things that are going to stress me out or cause me anxiety. I just go and have a bath and go to bed. So that's my nighttime ritual. That is so fabulous. I might have to adopt that too. Yeah, for sure. And you know, you have to have rules around it, right? So when I'm having a bath, nobody's allowed to come in and out of the bathroom or knock on the door, or, you know, unless there's an emergency. It's just, it's just my, it's my time. My dogs aren't allowed in there. Nobody's allowed to walk in, um, you know, and, and so that's just my quiet time. And I really get frustrated if that rule is broken, you know, because it's, it's my, it's my meditation. It's my quiet time where I can take all of the pieces of my day and put them together and set them down for the night. That is so fabulous. Yeah, I, I generally, when I take a bath, I don't even try until after the littles are in bed because they're, I've got three that are three and younger. So trying to do it before they go to sleep would just be like shooting myself in the foot. Well, Marlo, it has been absolutely fabulous chatting with you. And I'd love to give listeners um, or tell listeners where they can connect with you and where they can find you online and learn more and, and possibly work with you in the future. Yeah. So you can find me at, uh, one of the easiest places to find me, of course, is on Facebook. My, all my profiles are pretty much wide open. You can friend me. I have a public profile, which I really encourage people to go into. Of course, the Feminine Badass Society is my free private group for women who really want a little bit more feminine badassery in their life. It's an incredible community. It's growing quite rapidly. I love it. And also my website, marlowells.com, where you can find my speaker page, my events that are coming up, my blog, all of that stuff. That is so great. And all of that will be in the speaker notes or yeah, in the speak in the show notes. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much for being here and for all the nuggets that you gave. Hey there, this is Kim Sutton, host of the Positive Productivity Podcast. And I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it and were inspired, I would love to hear your feedback. Please take a moment or two and visit the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or on my website at thekimsutton.com to leave your rating or review. I'd also like to invite you to join the Positive Productivity Book Club and to find out more about my coaching packages by visiting thekimsutton.com. Until the next episode, I hope you have a positive and productive day.